We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome, everybody. How are we doing today? Y'all doing good? Excellent. I'm so glad to have you in the house of the Lord today. We are Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt, and we're in the third week of our series. We're calling Second Helping. We've talked about a second kingdom, and we've talked about a second chance. And each week, we've told you that God favors the second. Today, we're going to be talking about a second option. Can you say second option today? It feels good to have options. Does anybody agree? Yeah, yeah. Life is stressful when your options are limited. Whoa, it gets really stressful, right? We have free will to make most, to make the most of all the choices in our life. You have the option to change your habits, to change your lifestyle, change your thoughts and your focus. And sometimes as simple as that is, that's the exact message that we need to hear sometimes. You have the option to change. And there's anything you can change about your life. So start today. And sometimes that's the message we need to hear. If that's the message you need to hear, you just heard it. So write it down, start on it today, pray about it today, and you can change. Who knows that's possible. It's possible. Thank God for that. But there are some things you just don't have the option to change. I mean, that happens in life. There are things You didn't choose, but here they are. They are right there on your plate. They are right there in front of you. You do not have the option to change who your parents are. That's one thing I'm going to point out. There's a lot of things you can point out. But you were not given a choice in a matter. You were just born. It just happened. You didn't pick your birthday Good Lord, if I picked my birthday, it certainly wouldn't have been three days before Christmas, December 22nd. Do you know how, how much, many times in my life I got one gift? It said, happy birthday and Merry Christmas. And I'm like, Grandma, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have, right? No, well, I wouldn't have chosen that birthday, but I don't have a choice in the matter. And when it comes to the option to choose our parents, As much as we love our parents, wave your hand if you love your parents. Yeah, Yeah, wave bigger. You're sitting right by them. (laughs) Wave really big. Stand up if you need to. Woo! Love my parents, right? As much as you love your parents, you might be tempted to try another option if you have the chance. How about this one? Wealthy parents. (laughs) Y'all acting like, no, not I. My parents. No, no, no. If your parents had a yacht... That might be kind of cool. Might want to give that a try a little bit. Living like Richie Rich over here. I would maybe like to give that. How about this one? Powerful parents. Celebrity parents. Sometimes I think about that wouldn't be such a bad thing. How about this? Then it gets a little different. More loving parents. Sometimes we, we look around and go, well, I wish my parents maybe would have been a little more loving. Or just then there's this one cooler parents. They're just, they're just cooler. Maybe if I can have just little cooler, easygoing parents, man. No, we love our parents, but we wouldn't mind it if our parents were billionaires. Somebody say amen. It's true. It's true. I wouldn't mind it, but, but we got, my children are amening for the first time ever. (laughs) 
Listen, we don't get such an option. You don't get the option of who your parents are when your birthday is. In fact, according to the story of the Bible, we all proceed from the same dad named Adam. I want to talk to you today about the first Adam. Somebody say first Adam. None of us get a say in the matter when it comes to our, ex- our, our parents. We call mom and dad. But we don't get a matter, a, a, an option when it comes to this guy. All of us are stuck with this guy right here we call the first Adam. None of us get a say in the matter. Adam came first and every one of us came from his lineage. Do you know what happened to Adam? Anybody? Anybody know what happened? Here, What? He died. Did you read my sermon notes? That's it. That's what happened to Adam. He died. Somebody say, he did. That's right. Do you know what happened to his children? They died. He did. They all did also. Do you know what happened to notable children after a, a, uh, Adam? Like Noah? Dead. Abraham? Dead. Moses? Dead. They all dead, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 21 says this. For as in Adam, all die. All of them. In that first Adam that we're all connected to, all die. And sure enough, the the last time I checked, everybody dies. Everyone who comes from Adam dies. There is no other option in Adam. 100% of his children die. In fact, it's one of the sad things about life that when you have a birthday, when you have that first birthday, one day in the future, there will also be another important day called your death date. And they will write it on a tombstone one day. This is the day he was born and this is the day he died. And it's that way for everyone because of that guy, first Adam, the first Adam. Everyone who comes from Adam is separated from God. So not only dead, but separated from God. You know, Adam is chased out of the garden, out of the presence of God. And not a single child of Adam has ever walked back into that garden. Not a single one. Every child of Adam has that same separation of God. Are you following me? All because why? We're connected to that guy, the first Adam. Everyone who comes from Adam has no hope. One patriarch, Adam, is dead. And it is only a matter of time till we are all dead. We have no hope of escaping that from Adam. Adam gives us no hope to escape that. That is our future when it comes to the first Adam. So everybody dies. Everybody's separated from God and everybody's hopeless. I hope you've enjoyed this sermon. I'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Wouldn't it be terrible to end the sermon that way? Yeah, I would say we need a second option. Somebody say second option. If the first option is death, we need a second option and it would be good if the option was life. If the first option is separation from God, we need a second option. And it would be really swell if that was reconciliation to God and the removal of everything that separates us from God. If the first option is hopelessness, we need a second option that is a living hope. 
Now, you're all ready for me to talk about a guy named Jesus. And we will. But first, I wanted to tell you what is not a good second option. We'll talk about Jesus in a second, Courtney, I promise. That's your favorite part. It's good. But listen, there are a lot of things in this world you will run down and chase down to try to make them your second option. And I'm going to tell you some of them that aren't any good. They aren't any good. Politics and government are not a good second option. If you're looking for hope, do not look into Washington, D.C. I should have like people on their hands just clap and say, that's the truth. Preach. It's true. Every one of those jokers is going to stand on a podium in the upcoming months and say, if you vote for the other guy, there's no hope. I got news for you, Sally Mae. There's no hope in any of you guys. Politics and government is no second option. It's not a good second option. American government, government into Europe, you can go, oh, I think the Canadians have it all together. They don't have it all together. Nobody's got it figured out. All of that stuff is a terrible second option. No apologies about it. How about this one? This one might surprise some people. Religion. Religion's not a good second option. Oh man, big stained glass church with, with big stained glass windows, a big, a big steeple in the air and a really nicely dressed man that has all the right words to say and has maybe a creepy smile. Does anybody remember Robert Schuler? Gosh, was that a creepy smile? I'm sorry if you loved Robert Schuler. Good Lord, he looked like the Joker. Anybody, next time you just Google it and tell me that doesn't look like Jack Nicholson's, Jack Nicholas's. Joker, I'm telling you, it does. I want to tell you that religion is not a good second option. There's religions all over the place. And then there's religions on top of religions. There's religions that split and there's many religions. And even Christianity has done that. And I'm telling you, running after denominations and running after a certain kind of preacher and running out a certain style of worship and running after a building and running after all that, that is not a good second option. Do you know that pastors die at the same rate as everybody else? Do you know that church-going people, religious people, mosque-going people, temple-going people, they die at the same rate as everybody else? I need a better second option than just religion and what to do and what not to do. How about this one? More money. More money is not a good second option. I believe it was the prophet the notorious B.I.G. who said these words, mo money, mo problems. Thank you, Jeff. That's not really a prophet. That Don't look in your Old Testament to the notorious B.I.G. He was a rapper in the 90s. Listen, mo money just means mo problems. People are searching all over the place. Well, you know, it's a good option making more money. Now, listen, more money is sweet. More money is great. Think of the things you can buy with more money. But do you know the problems that come with more money? My goodness, number one, the government gets involved and more money, more taxes. Somebody say amen. There are times in life where it's actually smarter to make less money because of the tax thing that's about to chop you in half. My goodness. We've tried to help people in this very church that were fighting cancer and they were on government subsidies and the worst thing happened. They were working a good job and they were doing good on their job and they gave them a pay raise and they cried. They called me crying, pastor, what am I going to do? Now I'm making too much money and I lost all my help. 
Like that's the world. That's, that's, that is not a good second option. More money just equal more problems. How about this one? More pleasure. And there's people all over the place that just looking for something more enjoyable, more something that will entertain them for a moment. And more money, more pleasure is not a good second option. Uh, more power is not a good second option. If I could just have power, if I could have control, there's people always trying to manipulate, trying to get more power, trying to get more control in a situation. And what does that bring? Does that ever make them happy? No, it's not a good second option. In fact, these are not good, are not even second options if we're being truthful. Everything I just listed is not a good second option. It's not even a second option at all. They're just more of the first option. Because every one of them leave us dying without hope and far from God. Every one of them. We need a second option. We need a second Adam. Courtney, good news. Jesus, everyone say Jesus. Yeah. Listen, that first Adam will not do. Everyone who lines up, I want you to take a picture in your head that first Adam named Adam. I want you to picture everybody that's lined up behind him. Every one of them dies hopelessly separated from God. If they look to Adam as their father and as their source of life, that is what they end with. We need a second Adam to line up, to line up behind. We need a second option. And we need to be able to switch lines today. Jesus is that second Adam. Jesus has a lot of titles in scriptures. That, that, I love the titles of Jesus. Well, how about who, who knows Savior? Is that one you know? Yeah. Redeemer. Yeah. Bread of life. Son of God. Yeah. Holy One. Yeah. King of Kings. Lord of Lords. I mean, we can get obscure if we want. Balm of Gilead is one of them. It's great, right? Right. The Rose of Sharon. I mean, there's really interesting ones out there, right? He is the, the scepter. He is the star that rises out of Jacob. He's, he's all these things. How about, here's one I'm going to give you. Chances are, you don't know this title given to Jesus in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 45. Let's read this verse. So it is written, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the death of the earth. The second man is of heaven. Verse 45. If you can throw back up verse 45 up here. The first Adam became a living being. When is that happening in your Bible? Do you know? Genesis 1, right? That's the very beginning. That's how first he is. He is the first Adam. Back in Genesis 1, God breathed into Adam and the first Adam became a living being. And now it introduces us to the last Adam. And that is Jesus. And that's perhaps the title of Jesus you don't know. He is the last Adam. Adam. Can you say the last Adam? He was more than a living being. The first Adam became a living being, but Jesus is a life giving spirit. Jesus is a say it with me. Life I want us to consider that for a moment. The first Adam received life. The first Adam had God breathe into him and he became a living being. He became a living soul. 
a life force outside of him came into him. But the last Adam doesn't need that. In fact, the last Adam, he's the one who gives life. Life is already resident there. It doesn't have to be breathed into him. It actually breathes out of him. It actually flows out of him. He gives a living water, scripture says, John 7, 38. It also promises that to all who believe in him. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. What is this life-giving spirit? It's the spirit of God. It's the living water. It's the life-giving Holy Spirit. It comes from Jesus. And it is Jesus. We see this real second. It doesn't just come from Jesus. Because if it comes from Jesus, that doesn't make him different from Adam. Because Adam's not the spirit that's blown into him. Jesus not only gives that life-giving spirit, he is the life-giving spirit. Jesus is the life-giving spirit. I want you to get that in your head tonight. A lot of people get confused about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, it's really a frustrating thing. Churches will argue to their blue in the face at how the Godhead works and how God is Father, Son, and Spirit and how all of that works together. I, I would love to avoid all the arguments today and just make it simple. Here it is. Who, who can handle simple today? I can barely handle simple, so y'all pray for me. Here's how I understand God. It's Jesus. That's how I understand God. It is Him. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand God this way. J-E-S-U-S. And I got this. I want to go through these scriptures very quickly. This might be something to bring out your phone and take a picture of this. These are verses to look at this week and study. If you want to know more about this subject, look up these verses right here. I'm going to hit them for you. It tells us in the Bible that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Some translations say he's the fullness of deity. Everything that is God, that is Jesus bodily. That's Colossians 2.9. And then one chapter earlier, it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So God is this invisible spirit that no one can see. But somehow we see Jesus and he is God made visible. He's the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form and body that we can see. Nudge somebody and say, hey, I see you because you got a body. Jesus Christ is God in a bod, Colossians 1.15. And Jesus is the mighty God. And he is called the everlasting Father in Isaiah 9 and 6. It, that's the verse you read every Christmas. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. But this is not just any ordinary child. It's not just any ordinary son. He is the mighty God. I'll just go ahead and do it. There's some people that argue, yeah, but he's not the almighty God. If you go one chapter next, if you go into Isaiah chapter 10, it calls Jehovah the mighty God. This is a claim. This is a title. Mighty God is a title that belongs to Jehovah God. How does Jesus come about with that title? Because he is Jehovah God. 
And he is the everlasting father. He's not another father. He is that same eternal father. That's who he is, Isaiah 9, 6. And then let's jump to the New Testament. Jesus says this about himself. He says he's the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. He says Jesus is the only way to the Father. There's no other way to the Father but by him. So at the very least, we have to understand that Jesus is God. And the only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. When you, when you come to Jesus, you're coming to God. When you worship Jesus, you're worshiping God. When you have Jesus living in you, you have the Spirit living in you. Because Jesus is that Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, The Lord is that Spirit. It says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the Lord is that Spirit. Do you know that Jesus is more than a Jewish carpenter that was walking around? He is the very Spirit of of God, not another spirit, because there's only one spirit, Ephesians 4 and 4 tells us. Jesus. All of this is Jesus. It's all Jesus. This is how, if you want to understand God, get to know Jesus. You want to know what God loves and what God cares about and how God reacts to your weakness and how how and how God acts to your failure. Look at Jesus, because how did Jesus respond to failure? How did Jesus respond to those that were sick? How did Jesus respond to those who were lost? He knelt down and he picked them up and he bandaged them and he healed them and he fed them and he loved them and he called them and he knew them by name. He looked up in trees and he called them by name. He said, Zacchaeus. And guess what? That same Jesus, he met me one day and he called me by name. He said, Christopher, I love you. He calls us by name, not just some Jewish carpenter, but God Almighty. His name's Jesus. Let's hear it for him. When you picture God, all that God is, I want you to picture the man Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is all that God is bodily. Jesus is not lacking one thing about being God. You talk about a great second option. How, how good is this second option? The second option is God himself. The second option is the same one who breathed life into the first Adam. The second option that we have today is the one who went and knelt down and formed Adam out of the dust of the earth. That is, is that a good second option? It's the way to go. With that in mind, if you didn't get that picture, I'll get you a better picture of that if you, if you need it. My notes are up online. You got them. 1 Corinthians, I've got these verses I want you to think about in light of everything we just said. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, 46. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural. Who, who are we talking about when we're talking about the natural? The first Adam. The spiritual did not come first. But Adam, the natural. And after that, the spiritual. Verse 47. The first man, that's the first Adam. He was of the dust of the earth. God created him out of the dust of the earth. But the second Adam is of heaven. The second Adam was not. He, I mean, he's born in Bethlehem. But the Bible says his, his, he, his, his goings are, are from everlasting. That he is a spirit. An eternal one. 
He is the ancient of days. The second one is long before earth was made. He is of heaven. He is God Almighty. The first Adam is natural. The last Adam is spiritual. The first Adam made of the dust of the earth. The last Adam is heavenly. So I want you to know this second birth comes through the second Adam. Last week we talked about being born again. Consider birth through the first Adam and then a second birth through the last Adam. I want you to think about that. All of us have birth through the first Adam. Your mom and dad had you somewhere, sometime, and that's your lineage from the first Adam. But second birth, that is a brand new lineage that comes straight from an everlasting father. And he gives you a second birth. Birth through the first Adam is temporary. You just got a few years on earth. Good luck. I hope you enjoy them. But new birth through the last Adam It's eternal. New birth through the first Adam is physical. New birth through the last Adam is spiritual. Jesus Christ is the second option. And that is why the new birth has everything to do with Jesus. The new birth has everything to do with Jesus. We repent. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. And in repentance we turn. Who do we turn back to? Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is our perfect image. He is, our, he is the picture of what God is. And he's also the picture of what we are supposed to be as men and women. And so we, we turn in repentance towards Jesus. It has everything to do with Jesus. Someone say amen. amen. And then we're baptized into the water, into Christ. The Bible says that we are baptized into Christ. We are baptized into his name and we take on his identity, not the identity of the first Adam. When you were born in that hospital, you took on the identity of your parents. They even gave you a name. But when you are born again in the water with Jesus Christ, you take on a brand new name and a brand new identity. Repentance and baptism, it's like you're just changing lines. It's like, I've been in the wrong line this whole time. I'm going to get in this line, lined up after the last Adam. And then we're filled with his spirit. Acts 2.38 always lines us up. I always mention Acts 2.38 here. Read it sometime if you don't know what that says. Listen, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is that life-giving spirit. And yet Jesus is also the one who baptizes us with the Spirit. The Bible declares both. That Jesus Christ is the life-giving Spirit called the Holy Spirit that lives in you. But he's also the one who baptizes you with Jesus. John the Baptist himself declares about Jesus. He says, the one coming after me, I'm not worthy to tie his feet, to tie his shoes. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with the fire. That is what. John the Baptist says, he's saying that about who? Jesus. Jesus Jesus Christ is that life-giving spirit. And he is the one who gives you access to that life-giving spirit. What does that mean? That means everything about the new birth has to do with Jesus. It has to do with saying, Adam's not my father anymore. Jesus is. We either line up behind the first Adam or we line up behind 
the last Adam. Now, this is some major theology. I just threw a bunch of it at you. And if it's making your head spin, I love that. It's all about the identity and nature of Jesus Christ. It's about the born-again experience. And if you want to know more about this, we have a born-again Bible study. We can walk you through this. If you got questions on who God is, how the Holy Spirit and the, and the Father and the Son and all that works together, we are here to talk to you about that. We actually love to talk about You can understand it. There is a way to get all that squared away. And not only that, to be able to then articulate that to others and give them answers as well. So if you want that Bible study, text hashtag born again to 469-467-8111. We'd love to study that out with you. But now we're going to pivot away from this heavy theology and we're going to talk about something even heavier. We're going to talk about you. Look at somebody say he's talking about you. He's getting ready to talk about you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Linda, I love you, but I'm talking about you. Look out, everybody. I'm talking about everybody here, myself included. I want to ask you first option or second option. First option or second option. When it comes to your life, are you lined up after the first Adam? Or are you lined up after the last Adam? I want you to think about that. There's probably an area of your life you could probably do a little bit better. Spoiler alert. But I want you to think when you experience relationship problems of all kinds. These could be in the home. These could be marriage. These could be your children. This could be co-workers. This could be people that you work with at church. And there's that one. They just always get on your nerves. They're Philadelphia Eagle fans. And they always point out that the Eagles are first in the division. And it just gets on your nerves, Lillian. That person. I'm talking about that person. Think about that person for a moment. When it comes to that person. When it comes to that relationship problem. How do you respond? Do you respond more like the first Adam? Or do you respond more like the last Adam? Are you taking advantage of the first option or the second option? Let me ask you this. When you are tempted... When you're tempted to sin, when you're tempted to steal, when you're tempted to look improper things, when you're, when you're tempted, how do you respond? Do you respond like the first Adam? We know what happened when the first Adam was tempted. Or do you line up behind the last Adam who when he was tempted, he looked the enemy right in the eyes and said, it is written. When it comes to your money for a moment, when it comes to your money, are you more like the first Adam who is always looking for power, who's always looking for more. The children of Adam always are looking for more. They're never satisfied with what they have and they always grab money so very tightly. Or are you a little bit more like the last Adam who did amazing things with the teaching of money? One of his favorite things, I think, anytime you wanted to get Jesus talking, I bet you could get him to talk about those, that widow's offering. I bet if you ever wanted to hear Jesus talking, you say, hey, tell me a little bit about that widow's offering. The widow's might when she, what, tell me about that, Jesus, because he was amazed by her offering. He see, he, he, he viewed money completely different. When it comes to your money, who do you line up after? Are you lining up after the first Adam or the last Adam? How about when it comes to forgiveness? When it comes to forgiving others, to restoring others? to reconciling others, to moving past what they said 20 years ago. Listen, 
you got to give it a rest. You're killing yourself with what that person did 20 years ago. They threw away a, a, just a throwaway line about your hair one day. And you are still holding it against them all these years. And it's exhausting. And it's a lot like the first Adam. But the second Adam, that last Adam, while on a cross, he showed us how to forgive. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Are you like the last Adam today? When it comes to serving others. Are we more like the first Adam? Do we demand to be served? Is that us? Are we like the last Adam? Who knelt down. He was acquainted with the ground. I love to. When I, when I read through the gospels. I always pay attention to Jesus in dirt. The dude got his hands dirty to serve others. He knelt down to wash feet. He knelt down to ride in the dirt. He knelt down to somehow make an eyeball out of dirt. I don't know what he did there. I don't know what he did. But he was not afraid of dirt. He hung around dirty people with filthy language. (laughs) Those are the people he hung around who are you like? When Are you being self-served? Or are you serving others like Jesus Christ did? Oh, one of the things I really love, he puts on an apron at one point. At a moment when he ought to be celebrated at his last supper, he puts on an apron, y'all. Mm. When it comes to trusting God, are we like the first Adam? Who like trusts God for three verses? <laughs> We don't know how long those verses are. They could have been less than a day for all we know. We don't know how long he trusted God. But that first Adam, are we a little bit like him when it comes to trusting God? Are you like when the smallest problem happens, you go, well, there you go, God. You failed us again. It's another fine mess you've gotten us into. Or are you like the first, the last Adam, Jesus Christ? Who prays to God as a man. Says nevertheless. Not my will. But your will be done. I'm going to trust you. Even though what I'm about to go through. Is the most painful thing for me. The hardest thing I'll ever go through. I'm about to go through. Because I trust you. Listen. We can talk about all the theology. But let's get home to where you're living. Are you. Pattering. Patterning your life after the last Adam? Or are you in the wrong line? And there's an area of your life you're probably in this line. And let's get real about it. And let's change that. Let's repent of that today. You can change lines. You have a second option. And let me tell you, it's better for everybody if you'll change lines. But it is better for you. And I want you to know it from my heart. It is better for you to pattern your life after Jesus Christ. Not after religion. Not after government. Not after the quest for more money. But after a person. Jesus Christ. And now he's your lineage. He's your everlasting father. And you look to him in all things. Who's your life aligned with? The first Adam. He brings sin to all. Everybody gets sin because of Adam. The last Adam. He brings forgiveness to all. The first Adam, he brought death to all. 
The last Adam brought life to all. The first Adam is still in the grave. The last Adam did not last three days in the grave. He is resurrected and he looks people in the eyes and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes on me shall not die. Does your life look more like the first Adam or the last Adam? We need marriages that look like the last Adam. We need a church that looks like Jesus. Yeah. Young people, I want to see your life look like Jesus. I want you to get out of that line before you wreck yourself. Get out of the first line. Get behind Jesus Christ and follow him always. Jesus Christ is the last Adam. He is our second option. And God favors the second. You don't need to be number one in the eyes of others. We need to be more like Jesus. Please close your eyes and bow your head for a moment. While you do, I'm going to ask our worship team to come. But I want your attention for one moment. And I want you to think about what's going on in your world. We're going to talk to God. And I want you to think about this. I want to maybe ask him, God, what is it that I need to really talk to you about? What is it that I need to surrender to you? What part of your life is not aligned with Jesus? And it's interesting, maybe while I was talking, you, it went, that light went off and you go, yep, that's it. That's the area. Well, if that's you, if you know what it is, you need to talk to God about it tonight. If you don't know what area that is, I want you to talk to him about it. God, reveal that I give you permission, God, to reveal the part of my life that's not like you. Have you been born again? Do you have that life-giving spirit stirred up in you? God has it for you. Do you have it? Paul calls Jesus, the last Adam, rather than the second Adam. Look up at me for one second. I'm going to come talk to the Lord, but I want to tell you one final thing. Paul does not call Jesus the second Adam. Do you know why? Because if he's the second Adam, maybe there's a need for a third Adam one day. But if he's the last Adam then that's all there is. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is more than just the second Adam. He is the very last one. If Jesus was the second, there might be room for a third option. I'm going to tell you today, there is no third option. There are only two options. You either have Adam or you have the last Adam, Jesus Christ. And there's no other way. You either go into the grave with Adam or you go into a grave with Jesus and you raise from the dead. Those are your two options you get to choose. Jesus is the only option for fear. He's the only option for hatred. He's the only option for depression. He's the only option for death. Whatever your struggle is, he's the only option. Come right now, all over this house, let's talk to God. Let's make Jesus our option today. Change lines today. It's time to get out of that first line and get in that second line and say, Jesus, you're my all in all. If you want prayer in this place, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with everybody that's watching, listening online. I'm going to pray for you right now, friends. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, lead them and guide them. Bring them close to you, God. 
Lord, in Jesus' name, we need you and we need to follow after you. You're the fullness of God. You're the fullness of the born again experience. And Lord, our life, every part of our life needs to look like Jesus. Every part of our life needs to talk like Jesus and love like Jesus. Make that difference in us today. Come on, talk to him wherever you are. He is with you. You're growing closer to him. The more you pray in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's reach out to the Lord for the next few moments. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.